This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode number 69. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. You know, I find that a lot of people that I deal with on, on the podcast and also in students, they tend to be men. And I think it's because they're the primary breadwinners of the family who feel the most pressure to provide for the family, provide a financial future, but at the same time still control their time. And they are seeking financial freedom for themselves so they can spend more time with their, with their family. And, and most of the time in our culture, this is these are men, which is why I'm really thrilled to have Whitney on the call today. And she has her own journey, really, where she was looking for financial freedom for her and, and her family as well. But she wanted to do this herself. And she has a very strong message for women of why she thinks it's very important for women to have their own real estate portfolio. It gives them a lot of control and, of course, income as well. And I just love her go-getter attitude, right? I mean, like we talked about on the show is there's a spectrum of taking action. There's the analysis part on the left and then the taking action part on the right. And most people are somewhere on this spectrum. Most people tend to be on the left side of the spectrum. We're constantly educating ourselves, analyzing it. We're not really taking action. She is totally on the right. So meaning that she just takes action and figures it out as she goes. And I think that's a really valuable lesson, not just for women, but for, for all of us who tend to over-educate and over-analyze. And as a result, don't take any action. It's really about uh, figuring it out as we go along. So with that, let's talk with Whitney. Whitney, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. So why don't you start just by introducing yourself and telling a little bit about yourself. Hey, y'all. I'm Whitney Nicely, and I am the broker for Whitney Buys Houses. So I find a lot of houses that I want to buy. I'm up to 19 right now in the last three years. But I've also got 19 apartment units that I've bought with no money down and, I mean, just making money on them every month. I started, though, by buying land. So I've got land, houses, and apartments that I'm into now. I'm thinking of trying to get into some vacation rentals. All right. Yeah. It sounds like you need some variety to keep you busy. <laughs> so so back up a little bit. How did you first get involved in real estate? You said you got started with land, but how did you even get started in that? My mom is a real estate investor. She's always had houses. I grew up the way a lot of people want their kids to grow up with mailbox money coming in. Like I just thought nice. everybody had money in the mailbox every month. And, you know, I didn't realize bills came in the mailbox until I was, you know, in my twenties. And I was like, wait a second. Why don't I have any money coming in every month, mom? And she was like, God, you're such an idiot. You had to buy stuff first, uh -huh. and then you get money coming in every month. And I was like, oh. But the thing was, I was in my 20s, and so money went everywhere except my savings account or into real estate. So I started with land because I bought my first piece of land for 1500 bucks, like nothing major. But I like kind of feeling through a process. So $1,500 I thought was a good price to Started. After we bought that piece of property and it's just land, not a house, not nothing. About six months later, we started renting the driveway to that land for 250 bucks a month. And then I got paid back rent from the time I owned it. So the first time I got a check, it was like almost 1500 bucks. And since then, we've been renting that land, the driveway for 250 a month. And back this February, my brother rented the rest of the land for 500. So now we're getting 750 a month off a $1,500 investment. So instead of buying a, a rental house, you're just renting the land. And now what are they doing with the land? Are they putting something on it? Are they camping on it? What are they doing? It's zoned industrial, 
which is, you know, the top of the real estate pyramid. And the driveway used to be a road, but the city decided they didn't want to keep it up anymore because it was just the two of us. And it's really just him driving on it. So he rents it basically for access to the back part of his property. Yeah, That's what he rents the driveway for. And then the land, it's a half acre of industrial land, which means we could have outside storage on it. And that's what we got is a guy that rents dumpsters for people who are wanting to flip houses. He can't just stick those anywhere. So for 500 bucks, he's got a half acre, which is more than what he needs, but it's a really good price for him. So yeah, it's just outside storage. We've got nothing, no overhead, <laughs> nothing on it, just money. So you got started with land in real estate. Now, whose idea was it? Was it yours? Was it your mom's? How did you, you arrive at land? It was the first thing I could find that fit the $1,500 that I had to invest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when I started, I had no plans. I had no strategies. I didn't even know what an exit strategy was. Like mm. the whole vocabulary, even though I came from an investing family, my mom, her brother, like everybody, they just like throw spaghetti on the wall and see what's going to stick. They don't have any formulas. They don't have any plans. They just, whatever money they have, they go buy something and eventually they'll make money on it. It's, it's a just do it attitude without yeah. really overthinking it. So that's that's amazing, that mentality. I mean, you can say, oh, you're going to make all this mistake. You're not going to do it as, as well as you possibly could. But the main difference between that and what most people do is they analyze it to death and never do anything. So that's amazing that you were exposed to that environment. So you got started with this land and you made a little bit of money. And then what happened from there? Well, then I wanted to buy houses and I took a little bit more money that I had saved up and I bought a couple houses and started renting them because that's what my mama did. And that's how I thought everybody made money mm. until I started figuring how much I paid for this house and how much I was renting. I was like, I'm never going to get my money back. And then I found a formula and it was going to be like 115 years <laughs> before right. I could get all my money back and like start making enough to quit my job. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. How are these people making all this money if, you know, it costs so much to get started? And that's when I really found out about lease options and getting in with no money and no credit. And then that spun into apartments. And But you're right. I actually, I take action. I take action and then figure it out. Exactly. I make offers and then figure out what I just said. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Go do something. Make a mess. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. You just kind of figure it out as you go along. Now, when you got started with this stuff, you said you had a job. Now, what was wrong with the job that you had? Why did you start looking for something else? My family has had dump truck companies since 1939. And I you know, did what I thought I should do. I went to college. I got a degree. I went to work for the family and it was fun for a little while until it just wasn't fun anymore. And it was too much family and not enough fun. And I needed like an outlet. I needed something else that I could do to go be creative, set my own pace. And, you know, I'm looking at a family of entrepreneurs and going, wait a second, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to just work for you guys. Y'all got to have fun. I mm -hmm. want to have some fun. Right. So I had that, uh, you know, I'm 27 and I can conquer the world <laughs> right. kind of epiphany. <laughs> and I went for it. And it's working out pretty well now. <laughs> you discovered a lease option because you didn't require any money to get into it. And you had some success with it. And at what point did you start getting in apartments? Why not continue doing the single family house stuff? In 2014, I did 14 lease options on houses. That was only like nine months of the year. I was awesome at it. Mm. And then 
I started looking at apartments and I was thinking, wait a second, I'm making this much money and I'm doing all this work. If I get an apartment, I can make this much money and not have to do this work. And I'm kind of lazy, you know, and I just want to make more money with less time. And that's what apartments meant to me. It was actually the end of 2014. We went to apartment training school. My husband and I went. He was my boyfriend at the time. And he thought I was crazy buying all these houses. And then I wanted to get into apartments like he thought I had basically just checked into the loony bin. (laughs) And I was like, no, you're either going to get into real estate or you're going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) And so he got into real estate, but he didn't like the houses. He really liked the apartments. And even to this day, I've got lots of houses and he can't stand them, but we've got the apartments and he loves them. Interesting. What did you like about the apartments that maybe you'd like less about the houses? The apartments, we have smaller unit apartments. Like we've got a triplex, then we've got a five. Then on one parcel, we've got 11 units, which breaks down to a six, a four and a house. I manage our triplex myself because it's really easy, but 16 units, I didn't want to manage it. I wanted to have a property manager and I love my property manager. I don't even know how much she charges me because it's worth it. <laughs> like when I drive those apartments and, you know, we'll stop in and say hi, those 10 minutes that I'm there and the problems and the issues and the this and that, oh my gosh, no, please, property manager, just take care of it. Isn't that amazing? It's like you have this investment, someone else takes care of all the problems. That's just mind boggling to me. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it's so amazing. Let's talk about some of your early deals, right? Because a lot of people want to know, well, gosh, how do I get there, right? So they might have a house here and there, a rental house, or or maybe not, but like, how do I get started, right? So it sounds like you used some of the lease option skills that you had, or talk about the first deal or even the second deal. So a lot of people, before they get into apartments, they kind of want to try the real estate thing. So they do get a house or two, or you know, they think they need 10 houses. Oh, but wait, for what I could buy 10 houses, I could buy one apartment complex, and then I only have one set of roofs to worry about and one tax bill and, you know, all that stuff as to why apartments are better. But when I started, I thought houses were the way to go. I thought I couldn't afford apartments. I had my houses and I had one that I'd paid off. I'd use my option fees on my houses and paid off one house. So I had a free and clear house. So I went to the bank and pulled a HELOC on it, a home equity line of credit and used that, used what house was worth and used it my down payments on the apartments. So I used other people's money to pay off a house. (laughs) And then I used that money to buy apartments. So So I'm I'm still in my apartment, none of my own money. Yeah, I love that. So the message here is really the following is like, you need to become creative to ask, not say I can't afford this, but ask how can I? And this is, you know, I interviewed a few other people and, you know, they bought a duplex and lived in it and got a, you know, a VA loan on it and then rented out the other side. And that's how they got into real estate. And then this is fantastic, right? You basically figured out how to afford this thing. And that's how you got into, into multifamily. That's fantastic. What about the second one? We maxed out that one house pulled about $100,000 out of it to buy those three complexes that we bought. Fantastic. Fantastic. But, you know, the thing too is my triplex, we paid like $92,000 for it and it brings in five fifty dollars a unit. Mm. And, you know, our mortgage payment on that is like six fifty dollars a month. So, I mean, we're totally cash flowing on that puppy. Yeah. And I was under the misunderstanding that if you got a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex, it was going to be, you know, like a million dollars. And I don't know why I thought that, but 92,000, I buy lots of houses for more than 92,000 and maybe I rent the house for a thousand bucks, but 
if they don't pay, I'm SOL. Whereas if I have a triplex and three people are paying me five fifty a month, if one of them doesn't pay, I'm okay. The other people are still going to pay. I can still make my mortgage payment and I still have a little bit of float time to kick them out and get somebody new in. The money in uh, multi-units is so much better and it's so much more fun too because you know when I think about these houses, especially the ones that I don't have on lease options, that's kind of scary. And for a lot of people, it doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. Why would you have all of your eggs in one basket? Right. And that's oh, what houses no. are. You're you're depending on one person to make the payment. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> it sounds like the deals are getting a little bigger now. You said you bought a partial with 11 or so total units on there. Tell us a little bit about that. So the 11 unit, that parcel backs up to our five unit. So it makes kind of like an L on the street. They don't look alike. They weren't built at the same time. But what happened was they're kind of out in the country, pretty close to an industrial park, though, that has a lot of jobs in the area, which is key, you know, when you're buying rental properties, make sure there are a lot of jobs. And somehow through the years, back in 06, 07, a school teacher, a local county school teacher bought these two complexes and they were run down. And since it was 06, 07, he just went to the bank, borrowed double what they were worth, and he flipped them. And mm -hmm. he hired expensive contractors and put expensive material into it and then realized that he was renting bottom of the barrel tenants. And some of them quit paying. Some of them moved out. Some of them took the stuff that he had used with them when they left. And it just kind of unraveled in his hands. He was not prepared to be a landlord. He did not have a property manager to help him. So he ended up losing his house and both apartment complexes through foreclosure and bankruptcy. And that's where we found him. They'd been in foreclosure for about a year. The bank was a local bank that owned them. And they tossed it over to a local property manager and realtor to manage them and bring them back snuff. But it was so far out into the country that this agent did not put them on LoopNet, did mm. not put them out like for the world to be able to see that these apartments were cash flowing and available. I'd contact this agent and kind of talk to him, but I was buying houses and I didn't know how to evaluate apartments. And the week before Thanksgiving, I just happened to see him at the grocery store and say, hey, how's those apartments? And he said, yeah, no big deal, blah, 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 blah. Well, the Saturday that my husband and I went to apartment training, like, Two days later, he called me and he was like, hey, I talked to the bank and they're going to drop the price on those apartments. And I was like, well, I'm in apartment school right now. Let me send you an offer. And we ended up using that lead on those two units all through apartment training. And by the time, you know, our schooling seminar was over, everybody in class wanted to partner with us on this deal because it was just so amazing and nobody knew it existed. That's fancy. So this agent though knew about this deal and it was bank owned, you said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so interesting. So that's how you found it. It was never listed, right? It was listed in the local MLS. In Tennessee, the MLSs are broken down almost by county, like two or three counties, maybe four counties will get together and form an MLS. And it was in the wrong MLS for that kind of property. If it had been mm. in like the bigger MLS, I think other investors would have snatched it up, mm. but it was in the little local MLS and not in like a big metropolitan MLS. And so none of the big guys knew it was available. <laughs> so how did you fund this one? Obviously with a loan, but what about the equity piece? What, how did you come up with that? We When we pulled the HELOC. Oh, we HELOCs, pulled, okay. I think we pulled 
twenty or twenty five thousand for the five unit and mm-hmm. thirty or thirty five for the eleven mm-hmm. unit. Yep. And then whatever, uh, 18 or whatever was left is what we use to fund the triplex. So that's amazing. How many units do you have at this point and how much are they cash flowing at this point? We have 19. Um, yep. Our triplex brings in 550 a month. And I think our mortgage payment on that is like 606. Mm. So what's that, like 900 bucks a month? Yeah. Enough. Enough. <laughs> Fantastic. For a triplex, uh, and, and, $900 a month, that's crazy. Yeah. And then uh, our five unit, I haven't seen it this month. My husband keeps up with this more. But last time I looked at it, they vary between 475 and 550 a month. But our, our payment on it, again, is like 800 mm. And we got five of them paying about 500 a month. So we're, we're doing good on that one, too. Mm. And the 11, I think our payment is like 1100 bucks on that one. And it brings in almost four grand a month. My yeah. numbers may be a little, little off. But it's it's pretty good. Yeah. But so so you got some expenses too. You got some real estate taxes. You got insurance, but not a whole lot more. We got a yard guy. That yard we guy. Pay. Yeah. Um, I fully believe, as much as I believe in the property manager, I also believe in having a bug guy yeah. because he's going to go in every month and just double check and make sure nobody's like got a bucket in the closet because their toilet's clogged up and they didn't want to call. Yeah. He can make sure that there's not any you know, bug infestations and he can just kind of be my eyes and ears. Whereas, you know, maybe the property manager doesn't get into every unit every month. Right. To exactly. Check it out. And, and the, he's, yeah. he charges me like $10 a unit. That's every fantastic. Month. That's, fantastic. That's now, way cheaper than me going out and inspecting it. Now, from the time you did the three unit to the time you did the 11 unit, how much time has gone by? We bought both of those in March of 15. So we've had them for over two years now. So you bought them, basically, you bought everything almost kind of at the same time? Yes. Ah, okay. Awesome. And so what's next for you? I would like a home park because (laughs) I would like to own the land and get the lot rent and then do a lease option on the boxes so I can combine both of them. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Into one big cash flow. (laughs) That's awesome. That is fantastic. I'd also, I would really like to buy like an old building in a downtown somewhere Mm -hmm. and turn it into like a think tank and Mm -hmm. put whiteboards up and maybe do like some co-op office spaces or, you know, something. I see those in big cities, but I think there's a lot of people working from home in smaller cities. I know Mm -hmm. I am. And they just need a little bit of interaction, but not quite a coffee shop. Right. (laughs) I love it. So you're really you're really trying to get a little variety on there. So I I love that. I love real estate. Like most people think they love real estate. I really love it. I love talking it. Uh, I love breathing it. Uh, my stepkids can't hardly talk to me because they're like, I don't feel like talking about real estate. But uh, I also see them talking to their friends and hear them sometimes. And they find vacant houses and they talk to their friends about real estate. And so I know it's I know it's continuing on whether yeah. they like it or not. <laughs> So I know we talked about this a little bit, but you want to talk about losing money in real estate. What do you guys say about that? Okay. So one house that I bought before I knew what I was doing, I did not look at it, which is, you know, shame on me. You should always look at something when you're going to buy it. But I figured every house had to be worth 15000 <laughs> Right. So if I paid 15000 I mean, worst case scenario, I'd just rent it. Yeah. 
So I bought a house. My brother went and looked at it. And he was like, please don't buy this. Please don't buy this. Please don't buy this. It's got, it, it's just a disaster. And I was like, no, just tell me, tell me exactly what's wrong with it. And he was like, just don't buy it. Don't worry about what's wrong with it. And I was like, all right, forget you. So I bought it. And, and? <laughs> uh, when I went to look at it, I was amazed at how fast fleas will get on you and start biting mm. Mm. when I walked in there. Oh my. I also did not realize that floors could be squishy. Mm. And you could just like smell and feel the wetness in this house. Mm. Uh, you could also smell whatever my neighbors were cooking. And it was very chemical, uh, not like food. Mm, gotcha. Um, so we had the officers come and check that out a couple different times. And then there was, oh, it was just a disaster. It wasn't exactly a war zone, but I was not comfortable there by myself. And when I sent my yard boys over, they asked if I would stay and watch their trailer while they mowed. Otherwise, they were going to have to hire somebody to watch the trailer while they mowed. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. Maybe a little, just a little better than a ghetto. I gotcha. Yeah. So uh, uh -huh. if you're going to buy something, make sure you're comfortable over there. Make sure you like it or make sure you know to take security with you when you go to look at it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and I did lose money on that. So I, I paid 15000 for it and I tried and tried and tried to rent it. I tried owner financing, which I didn't even know what that was at the time. I tried to do a rent to own on it, which I also did not know. I thought it was just a term people used. I didn't have any procedure or strategy. So I just ended up quitting on it and put it up for auction and got 11000 But I did not get raped or mugged or kidnapped. So it was good. Well, it's interesting that you say that. You, you've lost some money, but you didn't lose your, your shirt, number one. You, you didn't play with a lot of money and you still sold it for something. It's just the one thing about real estate. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my shirt. And real estate inherently, even if you lose some money, it's very rare that you lose like everything. I mean, it right. once in a while it happens. But really, I find when you lose money, yes, it's aggravating and it hurts, stings a little bit. But it's not a massive loss. And it doesn't happen frequently. I mean, if you have examples, I have examples where it didn't work out that great in the beginning because you made some mistakes. And then with time and persistence, those two, it kind of turns out in the end. But that was, you know, one of my very first deals in 2013. Right. And you just don't know what you don't know, right? Like if I had a deal now, I'd be okay because I'd know different ways to spin it. So what is your advice to people? Obviously, with regards to taking action, there's a spectrum, right? There's the over-analysis and the taking action, right? And then most people say, well, you got to be a little more on the taking action side because you can overanalyze, you can educate yourself until you're blue in the face. And it sounds like you're a little bit more on the other side of the spectrum where you're just taking action, right? Uh, yeah, so totally. You're like, um, one could critique you, hey, you're not really educating yourself. You're not really being cautious. You're not really... What is your philosophy on that for others, especially? So there's, there's basically just a couple different formulas and a couple different plans, okay? You're either going to buy something and sell it, you're going to buy it and rent it, or you're going to buy it and do something creative. Like there's, there's really not that many options as to how you're going to get rid of something. So knowing that and knowing how you can buy it and knowing that you don't have to put all your money or credit and you don't have to go to a bank to buy something, I use that in my back pocket and I probably lean on that a lot more than other people and maybe more than I should. But also know now some formulas and some strategies as to how I can make money two out of three different ways. And as long as I'm making money two out of three ways, I'm happy. Let's keep going. And when you sit there and you analyze it and you analyze it and you crunch it and you play the what if game, somebody else is going to come through and get your deal. So I, I got it down to pretty much a science now. I mean, there's still some art to it. You know, there's there's a little bit of fluffing around and making sure you're talking to the right seller at the right time. But I've got it down to where I can make an offer in like five minutes. Oh, you know what? I got another offer now. Oh, you thought of something creative? Yeah, let's do that too. <laughs> you know, so people don't need three or four people to come look at their house. I can do three or four different plans. That way I'm the only buyer they ever need to talk to. 
Right. It doesn't stress you out though when you do something and you make an offer and it gets accepted and you're like, oh, oh shoot, now what? I mean, just the idea, you don't have it all figured out. How do you deal with that? Sweet. <laughs> that does not bother me at all. My husband would stay up all night wondering what was going to happen. I wouldn't. By the time I get my offers accepted, I've already taken pictures of the property and I've halfway put it up on Facebook and Zillow to say, guess what I got, y'all? And <laughs> <laughs> every contract, whether you're going through an agent the regular way or whether you're using one of my contracts that I use, there's a line in there that says, hey, if I don't get funding, thanks for playing. You know, I think uh, the key message here is that you don't have to have it all figured out. It's kind of like just in time figuring it out, right? The biggest yeah. thing is just getting to a point where, and then you figure it out as you go along, right? Is that, you is do. That, I yeah. mean, think yeah. about all the scientists, you know, past and present. They don't have it figured out. They just keep trying it and trying yeah. it and trying yeah. it until they do get it figured out. And then they just multiply it. Whitney, have you had like any kind of aha moment in your, in your life where it changed the game for you a little bit? Yeah, especially when we talk about my houses, you know. Well, the way I buy, I'm not going to the bank. I'm not using credit. I'm not using any of my money. But that doesn't fit for everybody. And I got to a place where I was talking to a lot of people and they were like, no, 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 no. And I don't like the N-word. So I had to figure out, you know, I'm talking to the wrong people here. It's not my message that's wrong. It's the people I'm talking to that's wrong. And so I really narrowed it down to people that are tired of being a landlord, whether they're an accidental landlord or they thought they wanted to be a landlord. Either way, they just get tired of it. When I talk to them, I'm probably 93% sure that we're going to do this deal when I start talking to them because I don't fluff around with people who aren't going to play my game. I also know people that are making a payment on an empty house. There's like a no-lose situation where I'm going to come in and make them an offer. If they say, yes, great, I just bought another house. If they say, no, it's their tough titty. Right. You know, it, I, just because they have a bad investment doesn't mean I have to make a bad investment. And... I think that gives me a lot of confidence and it gives me a leg up. And, you know, when you have that attitude that I could take it or leave it, they want you to take it more, <laughs> you know, when you're like desperate for it, then they don't want to let you have it. Yeah, exactly right. Now you're surrounded by other real estate investors or, or people who want to be real estate investors. And what do you think sets you apart or, or people, successful investors apart from, from those who just frankly, just never get started? It, that's in the action. I will get out and take action. I will talk to five or 10 sellers a day. I've got different ways to find off-market properties. I've got you know friends and family who love to watch me buy these houses and make this money and they will send me leads. And a lot of people are so afraid of telling the world that they think they kind of sort of might one day want to be a landlord that they never do. And therefore, you get what you ask for. Yeah. If what you some- put it out there that you want to be a landlord, you want to buy houses, mm-hmm. you want to be rich, guess what? You're going to wake up one day as a landlord and rich. You got to put it out in your universe and there's something something magical that happens when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. What, is, what are some of the ways that you're finding deals or you have found deals? Facebook. Absolutely. On my personal page. Not paying for boosts, not paying for ads, none of that stuff. You got to think these people are watching all the HGTV shows and they love them, right? There's a reason they keep going on and on and on. Well, if you can become the little local authority on that and do some edutainment where it's entertaining and educational and you're always talking about your one thing. So I'm always talking about real estate. I'm always posting about real estate. Everything I say is either going to have houses or real estate in it. And that way people are trained when they come across these situations that I've entertain them and educated them on, they know just pops into the back of their head. Oh, you should call Whitney. 
I don't really know what she does, but something like she's this. She's buying something. She's yeah. always buying. <laughs> she put up a bathroom that looked just like that last week. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. And I, I wear a button that says I buy houses and I also wear it crooked. <laughs> So that it's a double whammy. You're wearing this button that says I buy houses. It's real clean and easy to read, but it's crooked, which makes you double stare at my breast. And then I'm like, uh, excuse me. My eyes are up here. And they're like, yeah, but I have a house. <laughs> I know you oh, do. That's, that's, that's funny. So <laughs> so you're definitely hustling. I, I can I can tell. And, you know, especially these days, the deals aren't falling in people's laps and the people that are doing deals, they're hustling. It's just, just the way it is. The real deals are not on the MLS. And if you think they right. are... You stay at your comfortable nine to five job and let the real investors work. <laughs> now I know, I know. So actually, I'm looking back over my, the guests on the, on the show here. I don't have a lot of women on the show, which is interesting. Now, as I, I'm really thrilled that you're here, and I know you're very passionate about women and uh, mm-hmm. allowing them to control their destiny and their and their finances. Mm-hmm. What is your passion there? Why do you feel that women really need to own a real estate portfolio? Well, it really boils down to two different things. Okay, statistically, we're gonna live longer than our men. And I know personally, I spend more money than my husband and he spends his fair share of money. But if we go to the grocery store and we need bacon, he goes in and gets bacon and comes back out. If we go to the grocery store and we need bacon and I go in, we're getting bacon, eggs, biscuits. We're going to have some jam. We're going to invite everybody over. Oh, and I need a bouquet of flowers. Like I spend $100. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So if I'm going to live longer and spend more money than him, I have to bring in more money. But women have 18 different unpaid jobs every single day. So we can pick up another job. We just need more money to come in every month. And that's what real estate does. If you buy an apartment complex or you buy a triplex and it brings in an extra 900 bucks a month, that can make or break a marriage and that can make or break your retirement. That can make or break sending your kids to college or not. That Mm. one deal can set your whole life on a different track. And then if you do one of those a month, by the end of the year, you're bringing in like an extra 10 grand and you don't have to work for that. Now you can quit your job and be a stay at home mom. Yeah. There's so many different ways to make money in real estate and I can't buy them all. I can't buy all these houses. I've tried. (laughs) But so that that's why I teach and I teach other women how to get started. I I teach other men too. you know, corporate dads love me. Yeah. I think it's because I married the one. I know how to get them around my finger. <laughs> how does how does your how does your husband? This is a, this is a good point, right? Because and this is one reason I have mostly men on on the podcast is that the men are normally the breadwinner from the family, and so they feel this this enormous pressure to provide and to generate income, right? How does your husband deal with you doing all this stuff? He loves it. He absolutely loves it, and I'm his second round. Uh, And he tells people all the time he went from somebody that didn't have much of an opinion and just kind of went with whatever he said to me. (laughs) And I think he really enjoys the kind of push and pull that we have in our relationship. And it's allowed him to not have so much pressure. And he wants to provide and protect. But he also knows that I'm good and I'm solid. And, you know, when he dies, I know I've got more money coming in and that I won't crumble and fade away without my supporter. Yeah. Was he always on board in the no. beginning? No, 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 no. When I started going to real estate boot camps and seminars, he told me that I basically had church camp mentality. And it wouldn't work. Nobody would want to buy these houses from me. And I was wasting my time and money. Hmm. And then less than a year later, I've got him in apartment class with me because, and it really took me, I mean, I was probably on my sixth or seventh deal in houses before he was like, holy crap, I think you're right. I think something's going on here. I mean, so I'd you- already banked like 50 or 60 grand 
<laughs> so you just, just like, you okay. just you just went forward and your your strategy was just show the success and then he'll come around. Exactly. You get a couple shut up checks and people take you a lot more serious. <laughs> That's right. So I can imagine things were probably quite a bit difficult in the beginning, especially if your husband's not on board versus him being supportive. He was not, but he's very, very black and white. Like in his world, everybody can go to the bank and get pre-approved and go buy a house and nobody misses their payments and nobody inherits stuff and they don't just want to be a landlord. Like in his world, everything is very cut and dry. But I live in a very gray world where there's lots of different thing going on. And I can see lots of different opportunities and talk to lots of different people to find more opportunities. And I really have a good knack for that. And once he figured out that was really going to be a strong suit, he came around eventually. But I mean, it was tough too not to have, he was my boyfriend at the time, but not, not to have his support. And you know, my mom was a real estate investor, but she thought what I was doing was illegal because it just wasn't what she had been raised to think it wasn't what she'd been doing for 40 years. And it just wasn't regular. And people are afraid of weird. So what's your advice to women in particular who actually are interested in real estate? I say go for it. And don't sign your name on a $100,000 loan if you're not comfortable with that. Buy some land, buy a little dinky house, buy a house maybe that doesn't need a full gut job, but it just needs, you know, some new landscaping or a new floor or a granite countertop or, you know, lipstick on a pig flip instead of a full rehab. And those are out there. And it's been a minute since I've seen this statistic, but there's enough empty houses in America for every homeless person to have two. Hmm. So if you think there's not any deals out there, you are fooling yourself and live in a black and white world. And this is a very gray world. Actually, there's a whole rainbow of colors out there and you don't have to live in the black and white world. Yeah. Whitney, this has been awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for this. Uh, I just love your enthusiasm and your, you know, you can do and you're so action oriented. What's the best way for people to find you? You can go to com, and I have a special 10 days to 10K free challenge for anybody who's interested. And if you'll go to com slash 10K, 10K. It'll ask for your email and password and get you logged in and there's videos and PDFs so that you can really start to find these empty houses and get the ball rolling on your portfolio because it's not that difficult. Real estate is not complicated. People want to make it complicated. Awesome. Whitney, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Whitney says that women need a real estate portfolio of their own because they live longer than men and they like to spend more money. (laughs) So I love that. I love that. I just love her enthusiasm and uh, her passion for this. And a lesson for all of us really is just to take action. It doesn't really matter if if it's, I mean, yes, people say, you know, big is better. And that may be the case, but you know what? Start small. Just do something, take action and figure it out as as it goes. So I'd love to hear from you in a couple ways. One is leave um, a review on iTunes that allows us to reach more people, of course, or at the session notes, which is the michaelblank.com forward slash session 69. There's a way you can chat below that. So especially if you're a woman, I'd love to hear from you and your your thoughts about real estate. If you considered it, have you not considered it? Maybe you have a husband who's doing it and what your thoughts are, your reservations, concerns, and uh, love to hear from you there. So that's the michaelblank.com forward slash 769. And if if you haven't been to the website yet, make sure you grab my free ebook, which is called The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. And that's at themichaelblank.com and it's forward slash ebook. You can also get it via text message, which is that goes like this. You text the word secret book, secret book, one word to 44222. That's 44222. You can get it via text message as well. All right, guys. 
Thanks very much. I appreciate you. I'll catch you in the next episode. You know, I talk about that first deal a lot, and it's because it's so important. I know that if I can help you do your first deal, you will be financially free in two to three years. That's what the law of the first deal says, and I observe it over and over and over again, which is why I focus all of my attention on that first deal. If you'd like to experience what it's like to do your first deal, I have a workshop coming up in October where we basically go through a deal from start to finish, all the way from finding it, analyzing it, making offers, getting under contract, doing due diligence. You're going to have to deal with twists and turns in your small group to kind of work through those things. And by the time you're done, it will be as if you've done your first deal yourself. And that's going to be in October. Uh, you can find out more information about that at the michaelblanc.com forward slash events. And that will likely become an annual event. So even if you listen to this podcast, if the workshop's already closed or it's past this date, uh, there will likely be another one posted on there. So if you want to do your first deal, that workshop is probably the best way to get you there the fastest. It comes with the online course, The Ultimate Guide to Buying Apartment Buildings. It's included when you sign up for that workshop. In fact, I require you that you complete that before you get to the workshop. Uh, and then we will do that first deal together and your mind will be blown. Your comfort zone will be expanded and you are going to be ready to do the deal yourself. So if you want to experience your first deal, go to michaelblank.com forward slash summit. Check it out. Let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, I'd love to see you in person and it's going to be in the Washington, D.C. area the first time around and maybe somewhere else, maybe some kind of exotic locale. We'll see. So again, would love to see you in person. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.